Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. Please take a minute after this episode to rate and review the podcast to make it easier for others to find. All right, when we last left our heroes, the exodus from Egypt had ended. The Israelites were free from their Egyptian oppressors, and the people had camped out at Mount Sinai to regroup, commune with the Lord to receive the Ten Commandments and the rest of the law, and build a tabernacle or portable temple so that the Lord could travel with the people, guiding them through the wilderness and protecting them from their enemies. Now, as we head into the book of Numbers, their journey to the promised land has begun. Well, if you think back to the story of the Exodus from the last several weeks, you'll remember how the people of Israel were not always the most devout followers of God or of Moses. They complained nonstop about being hungry and thirsty and how difficult the journey had been. And as soon as Moses had left for just a few days to commune with God and wasn't holding the people's hand anymore, they immediately resorted to building idols and worshiping false gods. Now, I think the Lord probably realized that after having lived their whole lives in bondage, there were probably some residual psychological effects in the people that likely explained some of their behavior. And so he never gave up on them. He always provided ways for them to repent, to come back into the grace of God. Well, things have not improved since departing from Mount Sinai. The people are starting to complain more than ever, starting with the food. Quote, And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. The whining of the people gets so bad that even Moses is fed up in his role as prophet. Quote, and Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Have I conceived all this people? Have I begotten them, that thou should sayest unto me, Carry them in thy bosom, as a nursing father beareth the sucking child, unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? I am not able to bear all this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. End quote. Moses can't handle dealing with Israelites anymore. He's ready to throw in the towel. To make matters worse, Miriam and Aaron, who had long been Moses' most ardent supporters with the people, were now complaining against him, condemning him for marrying an Ethiopian woman, and claiming that the Lord had spoken with them too, and that they should be seen as prophets to the people. And then the final straw for the Lord happened when Moses sent 12 spies into the promised land to scout out the land, evaluate the strength of the people living there, and to report back to Israel about how to best enter into and conquer the land. When they came back after 40 days, 10 of the 12 spies reported that, quote, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we, end quote. Even though Caleb, the spy from the tribe of Judah, quote, stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it, end quote. The people chose to listen to the naysayers, 
Quote, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. End quote. Unbelievable. The people are gearing up to march back to Egypt and resubmit themselves as slaves to the Egyptians. Well, when the Lord heard all of this, that the people still did not trust in his power to to deliver them into the promised land, even after all the mighty miracles they had witnessed, the Lord then declared that this generation of Israel would not see the promised land and that the people would wander around the wilderness for years until all this generation had died, and it would only be their children who would finally reach the promised land. In other words, the people's negative attitude towards God and their unwillingness to put their faith in him was going to prevent them from receiving God's promises. But even though the people were slowing down their own eternal progress through their lack of faith, something else was also happening. When other nations came out to destroy Israel, the Lord protected them. Quote, And when King Arad the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard tell that Israel came by the way of the spies, then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. End quote. Then when King Sihon of the Amorites denied Israel passage through their land, and instead came out to fight against Israel, once again the Lord gave Israel the strength to overcome the Amorites and take their cities. The same happened again when the people tried to pass through the land of Basham, and the Lord helped them to overcome the people when they were attacked. So as the story of the people of Israel unfolds and we watch them wander through the wilderness, there's two main recurring themes that seem to be happening. On the one hand, the people of Israel continue to complain against the Lord and don't trust in his power to deliver them and provide for their needs. And this results in a significant delay in Israel's ability to achieve its destiny and reach the promised land, the covenant that the Lord had made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, Israel's lack of faith and disobedience was slowing down the people's eternal progression. On the other hand, when forces assembled against Israel that might have completely prevented the people from obtaining the Lord's covenanted promise, the Lord protected the people of Israel and refused to let outsiders take away their chances of reaching their destiny. To put this another way, it was only the Israelites and their choices that were keeping them from the promised land. God wouldn't allow outside forces to stop them. I think this concept holds true today for you and I also, and may be able to bring us a measure of comfort and hope. Just as the Lord's mission in the Old Testament was to deliver his people to the promised land and fulfill the covenant he had made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Lord's mission today is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of mankind. And he's determined to see as many of his children succeed in this as possible and return home to him one day. He wants to get us to our promised land. We may make poor choices or go through periods where our faith isn't strong or treat God's children in a way that's unbecoming to a disciple of Christ or do any number of other things that may distance ourselves from Heavenly Father and delay or impede our ability to gain this divine inheritance. 
But at the same time, I believe that God will not allow outside forces to prevent us from achieving eternal life. If something or someone is threatening our chances of being able to return home to God one day, then the Lord will give us the strength we need to overcome those forces, even if our faith and obedience may not be as solid as God may want. Regardless of how we may be behaving, we're still special children of God, and he loves us. So as you and I strive to accept our Savior's invitation to come and follow him today, let's try to make good choices, to strengthen our faith, to draw closer to God. But even if we're going through a tough time with that, let's at least remember that God will not forsake us. He will always allow us to come back. And he will never let someone else prevent us from fulfilling our covenants. God will never allow someone else to prevent him from keeping his promises to us. He will continue to guide us through our wilderness, to protect us from those who would stand in our way, and to have faith in us that we'll one day find our way home to him. Thank you for listening today, and please take a moment to share this episode with someone you know, and I'll see you next week.